<laughs> the option <clears throat> to leave meeting. <laughs> okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Black Brew. I am your... Oh, wait. What am I... I'm, okay, sorry. Um, I'm Aaron. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Aaron. And I'm Josh. And we are your co-hosts. Today, we have a guest co-host with us for the month of Pride. Hi, Leslie. Hi, guys. Hi. It's our bestie. Honestly, <laughs> one of our biggest fans who <laughs> listens to our podcast. Um, so, uh, before we get started, Leslie, um, do you want to, like, see your pronouns and, like, any of your, um, queer identities? Yes, I'm ready. Um, my name is Leslie Ann Smith. I use they, them pronouns only. Um, I do not have a gender identity, and I don't really care. I am very queer, very bisexual, and very polyamorous. Thank you. Okay. I think I remember when I had a Spectrum meeting and we were talking about um, gender identity. I feel like I remember you saying, my gender identity is tired. That's it, actually. <laughs> I remember that, that shit. Um, <laughs> I when am it tired. comes to it, I don't know. I just, like, I am okay with identifying as a woman, but I do not identify with she her pronouns or like femininity or being a girl if that makes sense yeah that makes sense i've I've been having my own kind of like i feel like internal kind of things of gender um and i'm low-key thinking like erin are you like non-binary because at the end of the day i'm like i would really like to not even have to like even worry about like gender i wish like i didn't even have to like be like oh i'm this oh i'm not that i'm this i wish i could just be like a blank slate and like not have to even worry about it and i'm like non-binary <laughs> i think i would also if i had to choose an identity it would be just umbrella non-binary i think i don't really resonate well with any type of gender identity it just is non-existent yeah i think we're also both aromantic yes i forgot that one into my cocktail of my abc identity <laughs> cocktail of <baby. laughs> i'm just like those bitches who have like 13 different things in their bio about who they are it's me <laughs> it might sound a wee bit problematic but i personally just don't care for the concept of gender I just feel like it's a waste of air. I feel the you same know? way. Yeah. Kind of like in a post-racial world, I would prefer a post-racial world. Post-racial? <laughs> where What's race that? doesn't exist, I would prefer a world also where gender doesn't exist. We are it's all like, just blobs in space. It's like, you have a vagina? Oh, cool. I have a penis. That's where it stops. Neato. <laughs> I wonder if in the future we're all just going to be like, like if like humanity will evolve like but like in the gender sense because like nicole byer said that and like a couple of decades of countries we're all just going to be beige so <laughs> i wonder if the y'all same- gonna look like me <laughs> yes <laughs> i hope in the future i can become a cybernetically augmented werewolf that's what i want my, oh my gender God. to be actually <laughs> I just want to ascend. (laughs) I just want to ascend to a higher plane where I am just. Yeah, who's from the planet Saturn? And I'm just living my best life in the middle of space. 
Yesterday when I was going to the bookstore, because, you know, obviously I need to buy books that I don't read, but I was in the car and I was thinking to myself, I was like, because I had like a cold, I was like, why do I have a body? I was like, I wish I didn't even physically have, I wish I could just be like some like non-corporeal, like floating entity that did not have a body. And this would prevent me from getting sick, but also I wouldn't have to worry about dressing like a certain gender. So that's what I would like to ascend to, just like a floating like mist of like nothing. Okay. Somehow y'all have incorporated some weird new age beliefs with our gender studies topic. Okay, Joshua, what will you ascend to? I will ascend to be a goddess. An incorporal goddess empowered mm-hmm. by love, light, and being a bad bitch. It sounds and like all- that stupid ass book I had to read by Christopher Paolini. <laughs> What is that even about? It's not worth it. It was the worst book I've ever read in my entire <laughs> life, and I refuse to talk about it. I was so well, bad. I got to mute about my, it with my therapist. I fell asleep, and I got to get up. To, they had to talk about it to their therapist. I can't. It was bad. It was to sleep in a sea of stars, and it was the most pretentious, dumbass bullshit I've ever read in my life. That made me uncomfortable. Because whenever white men write about women having periods and sex, it is the worst thing I've ever encountered in my entire God-living days. We have no idea. I don't even know why we talk about it. I don't know Steve don't know why the very first know. book was Carrie, and it was literally about this girl getting her period, and she became like a like telekinetic monster. I Stephen mean, me King too. didn't have to tell on himself that he was afraid of periods. He didn't really have to tell on himself. <laughs> He took a long route to say, this shit scares me. You know what? That's say, fair. I hope men are terrified by my my menstrual cycle. <laughs> we deserve to fear women. I think, I think that they are because I feel like there's a history. There's something I learned in history class. Or maybe it was like in science class about the history. I think it was an anatomy class that I was taking in high school. And I was being told about the history of like menstrual cycles. And I can't remember if my teacher said something about like what they used to do to women when they got their periods. But it was like something like completely like, like crazy, like similar like on a level of like, let's use chainsaws for like pregnant huh. level. I mean, they used to set them poor women out out of the village in some cave somewhere. We're hoping to God they survive their, their week without food, <laughs> water, and shelter. You know, I kind of want to bring back the like menstruation hut where you go and live with the other women and have access to everything you need and you just don't see a man for a week. I mean, I wish I could have access to that. You know, sometimes I just think about, I'm reading this book right now called Native Tongue and there was a review about it. It's like the precursor to The Handmaid's Tale, but I think it's better. But this reviewer was like, the author is obviously a gender separatist, and I just don't agree. And it's like, Becky, some of us are lesbians. <laughs> some of us. I was like, what even is a gender again. separatist? What is that? Me, mean? I'm a gender separatist. What, people of like, opposite genders shouldn't be near each other? Yes, which honestly, I'm ready. Give me my woman planet and we'll deal with our own problems. Will you, know, you miss us? I'll call radio call you from the <laughs> from the lady center. You know, whenever 
so I, just, I, I mean, I support it because whenever I something crazy happens or stupid happens with a man, I'm always like, you know what? I'm ready for women to just literally eradicate all of like men on this planet, and I will go quietly and I will go willingly because this I'm, is literally I, the same conversation I have when it's like when the race wars come, yes, and finally eradicate white people. Just I will go. Just take me out first. <laughs> I'm up Make here it like quick. I hope the women enslave the gay men at least. Uh, I'll miss uh, my no, best slave. No, <laughs> I'll do it. I was like, "Fuck it, it's better than being dead." Josh, you saying that on Juneteenth? You really saying that on Juneteenth? Joshua, you okay, can just be that's a, racial you can slavery. Be, that's different. You could be. An, but what if the a, slave owner is white, Josh? White women will listen, still this. The only reason I interact with men is to get fucked by them. Oh my god. It's truly the only reason. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, um, speaking of gender identity. <laughs> um, so the topic that <laughs> I originally chose for us um, was um, this topic that there is this feud going on between two Nigerian writers. Uh, one is Chimamanda Nozia Adichie. If you don't know her, she's apparently, well, how can I say apparently? She is this very famous writer. She's written books like Americana, The Thing Around uh, um, My Neck, Feminist Manifesto, 15 Suggestions, uh, and like uh, Half of the Yellow Sun. And she uh, recently wrote a uh, post or an essay that was on her website called It Is Obscene, A True Reflection in Three Parts that was so famous that it literally crashed her website, which she's pretty much talking about social media cancel culture because she has been low-key kind of canceled for having transphobic viewpoints on trans and queer people um and she is in a few but someone who was actually a student of hers this person's name is Akweke Emezi they are non-binary um and they have accused pretty much a DJ of and this is a, a direct verbatim quote hates trans people um, and they say that Aditi uses her platform to oppress queer people um if you don't also know Chimamanda um uh, the reason why this is weird is because she has been like noted as being like one of like the top like black feminists in the world. Like she speaks like very frequently about feminism and like black feminism and like black women, uh, texturism, colorism. Uh, she's noted as being like a post-colonial writer, even though she doesn't claim that title. But a lot of people say this and it's kind of low-key like misogynistic but people say like she's like the next like Chinui Achebe and if you don't know who that is that's the guy who wrote Things Fall Apart um so they are in this feud because Adiche is saying that this is all social media culture and she says that um and this is a line from one of the uh, quotes from the essay that has been quoted on Twitter pretty much um I find it I find it obscene. There are many social media savvy people who are choking on sanctimony and lacking in compassion who can fluidly pont pontificate on Twitter about kindness, but are unable to actually show kindness. People whose social media lies are case studies and emotional aridity. 
Um, and then she says, people who ask you to educate yourself while not having actually read any books themselves, while not being able to intelligently defend their own ideological positions, but because by educate, they actually mean parrot what I say, flatten all nuance, wish away complexity. Um, and then she said, uh, so we have a generation of young people on social media who so terrified of having the wrong opinions that they have they that they have robbed themselves of the opportunity to think and learn and to grow. I've spoken to young people who tell me they are terrified to tweet anything then they that they read and reread their tweets because they fear they will be attacked by their own. The assumption of good faith is dead. What matters is not goodness, but the appearance of goodness. We are no longer human beings. We are not angels jostling to out-angel one another. God help us. It is obscene. I will say this. Aditya knows how to fucking write. Like, that, she can write. She's um, using a lot of them five cent, ten cent words. I was like, girl, you can make this a little, a little, bit, a little bit more like accessible. <laughs> I, I understood like... what she said, but other people won't. <laughs> I feel like compared to some people who try to say that they're academics, she's extremely accessible because some bitches just be using words that I feel like you need a degree in traditional Greek and traditional Roman Latin to understand. <laughs> I, yeah, I will agree because like I've read like her essays, her like, like if you see her tech talk, like we should all be feminist and like her feminist manifesto, they're all very like, like you could give them to like a middle schooler to read. So um, I think she wrote like that in this essay just because like she was probably pissed off. And Akweke has responded on like Instagram with like a story on uh, saying that sh- that Adiche did this on purpose. And uh, they said that Adiche pretty much is sending out a bunch of transphobic and homophobic people to these queer and trans writers to pretty much attack them. And that is just pretty much giving, proving their point that a teacher <coughs> is anti-LGBTQ. So how do y'all feel about this? So I find it really interesting. Um, so let me get this straight. Her comment on cancel culture is directly connected to her opinions towards people thinking she's transphobic, right? Oh, wait, did I also mention that she is the one who supported J.K. Rowling? Okay. Ooh, that made things a lot clearer. Okay, yes. She um, said that J.K. Rowling's opinion is very valid. Um, one, I think people think way too deep about cancel culture. Uh, I really don't like the stance of pretending like it's a new phenomenon when it's not. We just do it on an electronic platform that collects that data versus us rotting on the walls of Rome like they did in the old days. Um, cancel culture has existed since humans have walked. And like, it, I don't know, it just, just her wording, it crafts an idea of doom and gloom. Our world is falling apart. Humanity has left its inner essence of humanness and we're just tearing to each other like animals. It's like, no, bitch, we've been assholes our whole entire life. <laughs> and like, when we don't like something or we don't agree with something, we attack it. It's human nature. We might not like it, but it is what it is. Um, I think. I think my thing with um, cancel culture and the idea of it just kind of made me chuckle when she was like, so many young people I know are afraid to like put out their message. They like read their tweets over and over when that just sounds like you're being aware of what you're saying. Exactly. Basic awareness. 
<laughs> because I, I don't think about half of what I tweet because I'm just tweeting nonsense into the void. If y'all are having to sit there and really think, oh, maybe this is problematic, then maybe it is. Maybe you should um, look inside of yourself and think, why do I want to say that? Because I think it's one thing to have a wrong opinion or to have like a problem, not problematic, to have like a controversial view if you say it with your whole chest and then you support it. Like I will say that like Adichie said this with her whole fucking chest and she's going to stand by it. So like, Mm -hmm. okay. But if you're a little bitch and you can't even stand by the shit you want to say, I don't care. You're just a, you're just a bitch. Bitch. Say what you want to say. Just tweet it. And if somebody knocks you out, you deserve it. That's how you learn. That's how children learn. And it's kind of crafted this weird, like overall, I don't know if y'all like notice in our culture, like this pervasive narrative that's not straight way saying it. But in spirit, it says, it's like, we should have the right to say whatever the hell we want. No consequences. No retaliation. That the right to be able to say what you want makes whatever I have to say equally right to whatever you may or may not believe. And I I just don't quite understand where this myth came from. I think people love to grapple onto, not grapple, love to like latch onto the idea of I can say whatever I want because freedom of speech and I have a right to say it. But then they forget that people have the right to tell you you're wrong. Exactly. And then they get angry that people have the right to react angrily to them. People have the right to react violently. People also have the right to react (coughs) in ways they might not necessarily want to hear. Because if you want to protect, I'm so sorry, if you want to protect your freedom of speech that badly, it also extends to the people who disagree with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's also interesting that I feel like she, uh, Adichie, is going, I feel like she is talking about this, this situation as something a little bit more than like, like freedom of speech and like just having the right to say something like that doom and gloom that josh is talking about like she literally thinks that like this like cancel culture that we're having is like limiting limiting our like capacity for like intellectual conversations which i don't really see and she's saying that we're limiting like nuance and i don't see how that is a thing because i would think it would be the opposite because i feel like if we're we're if i don't understand how she views someone saying like no like trans people like trans women are women trans men are men how that is not nuanced and how having these discussions that like if someone's saying hey you're wrong about this how that is limiting like the capacity to have like an intellectual conversation like i feel like her issue is not like like not to like say that y'all are wrong, but like I feel like I feel like she really thinks that like we cannot have like this like seminar style deep philosophical conversation anymore because the like social justice warriors will be like like will like try to shut you down on everything that you say, and I I don't know like she wants us to have like conversation like you know those people who are like we should have a conversation about human rights when like I don't think we need to have a conversation about whether or not people of color or queer people or disabled people should have like rights like that should just not be something that we have to debate about but I feel like she thinks that we should have 
these quote nuanced conversations i feel like people who say they want to have nuanced conversations never say that about things that they feel like are right they only say it when they think someone else is lesser than them yeah yeah it's the same thing with like white people why can't we have nuanced conversations about my white privilege and racism and it's like because this is ridiculous at this point and I think it's like the difference between like us who sit a little bit more progressive than the other people is that we are completely willing to have a nuanced conversation about things that meet our own objectives you know like think- if we can recognize if there is or isn't nuance there and we can recognize if that nuance needs to be talked about or not or not I mean well, like, what is nuance like I I mean, because in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, this is, this woman was like a feminist, like icon, like Beyonce sampled her in a song because she was such the feminist icon that she literally brought so much attention to like texturism and colorism and like race class. Like she was like, she was up there with like the Toni Morrison's, the like Audre Lorde's, like all of these people, like black feminists. And then she opened her mouth because she was like, well, I don't think that, you know, I think we should say that trans women are trans women because they have a different experience than like cisgender women. And I'm thinking like, you had all this nuance to offer when you were talking about cis black women, but mm-hmm. then like you even make, you even make like distinctions about being a black woman from Africa and, a, and being a black woman who grew up in a, like you had all these instances of nuance but then when it came to queer people, you wanted to have a very like essentialized view of them saying that, oh, well, they always transition <clears throat> later in life. Like she thought like every trans person was a Caitlyn Jenner. <clears throat> it kind of stresses me out because these people are like, it's kind of like, you know, when you see those conservatives that do a circular argument and they kind of come back around to sounding really socialist. It's like almost <laughs> like that. Like she is at the brink of understanding what we're saying, especially when she says, like, when she compares, there's a difference in the experience from cis women and non-cis women. And I'm like, you made the nuance right there, honey. They're all women. You're almost there. One is cis women. The other one is non-cis women. That's where the nuance is. But they're all women. It's an umbrella term. And then there's the specified terms. Like, I don't, I don't I think- get it. The issue with, with with like with women. I think the issue with um <laughs> people who don't quite reach this nuance with like Adiche and J.K. Rowling is that I feel like, in my humble opinion, they have a very essentialized view in the fact that their identity as a woman is rooted in their sex. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like I've read Rowling's essay and Adiche's essay. And from Rowling's perspective, you can see the fear, the fear, which I think comes from like trauma from being like sexually abused by her ex-husband, which she's been open about. And like, mm-hmm. I can see the pattern here onto why you've reached this thinking, but that's not it, honey. That's not it. The, the, trans women are not your enemy here. We are united against the common enemy and it is the cis man. It's true. Don't we're lose monsters. sight of it. <laughs> but, we're monsters. I mean, that trauma that you're talking about is like, I think, like the go-to 
for like how tarps are created like i because they are so fearful that like trans women still possess this like male privilege and that literally like if you their essays written by terms like you really shouldn't read them because they're awful but if you happen to do they literally are saying <laughs> like they are literally they they compare they they like metaphorically call the process of like transitioning to like the rape of like the like woman's body which it <laughs> i think that like that is how like terms they like their their trauma from like like what you said but i I don't understand why they like the. Do people the not that, like? Do they not realize trans women actually like still like face like misogyny and that they also are oppressed by the cis man? Also, I'll cut in before Josh does. I'm sorry. The issue is, um, I said oh. I'll cut in before Josh does. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't hear that. <laughs> is I really hate how these um cisgendered feminist women will always use lesbians as like the crux of their argument it's like trans women oppress lesbians because they're invading lesbian spaces meanwhile neither of you are lesbians yeah and we can have a whole conversation about turfs in lesbian culture because like but you see that's an issue for lesbians to deal with that is a lesbian problem that we i am not a lesbian but i do i am attracted to women I feel like that is something that, thank God, that's something that I feel like women who are attracted to women, non-binary people who are attracted to women, everyone in between who is attracted to women that are not cisgendered or like men should kind of deal with. (laughs) It's like, first of all, this is not your space. Why are you invading on someone else's space to talk about a perceived threat? when you're not even there. Mm-hmm. But it's Josh, just like being a white say social this? justice warrior. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same. You come in, it's talking like, you know, like these folks jump in trying to defend black people and speak for us, but they have no idea if we're actually offended or not offended by it at all. I, I remember reading something about, I think it was something posted by you know who, we ain't gonna say uh, their name, but um, you know who I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Turf Central from our university. They I'll say his name. <laughs> I'll out him right now. <laughs> he, don't listen, he don't listen to this anyway because he don't support black queer people. But anyway, he... it's Donovan Cleckley, an alum of University of Montevallo, who now goes to Tulane. Yeah, he does. He goes Call to Tulane University in the English department. Anyway. He it out. about lesbianism and like turf, 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 like not turf because he doesn't identify with that term, but like trans women. I do remember reading something about how uh, it is like destroying. I I'm, I don't know. I, if you had a nuanced point of view, do they not know that trans women can be lesbians? That's it. <laughs> like, first of all, Please take your pea brain out of your head, put it in a glass of water and grow it like those TikTok lesbians do that now have sweet potatoes growing all over their apartment. I don't know if y'all are so lesbian culture. Was that it had nothing to do with your sexual orientation and your sex. I thought that was, I thought that was the entire point of us making the distinction between, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. I think a lot of the issues is similar to like, you know, 
kind of like in the discourse we've had before about race and why us who are supposedly in white proximity can't really identify as black. And it's because with both race and gender, they operate so similarly. And it's because some people view that to be part of that identity group, you have to face there's a specific trauma. Trauma is an essential part of that identity. And with some people who identify as turf, I feel like the specific traumas that are associated with being biologically female is being conflated with the traumas that are experienced by being a woman. And that there is this belief that they are one and the same. And that if you remove the particular experiences that people who have female, uh, female genitalia or female genetics, um, if you remove that, you essentially remove the spirit of womanhood. In the same way, like I might not have the darkest skin and because I'm not darker skinned, somehow I'm not black because I don't face dark skin oppression. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I have a question for, <laughs> question for y'all since we're all educators. So a lot of educators uh, use Adiche's TED Talk, The Dangers of a Single Story, to like in, the, like in their classes. Like I've seen them do it like in middle school, high school, college. I've even seen them do it in like diversity and inclusion trainings for jobs and stuff. So, um, which is really ironic that she's talking about the dangers of a single story when she literally is telling a single story about trans and queer people. But do we... Do oh, we, okay. So now I know who you're talking about because I recognize that now. Yeah. So do we... So do <laughs> Sorry. We, so do we... Because she has written so much good stuff, right? And she's done so much good stuff for certain communities. Do we discontinue using her material because of her transphobic like ideologies and comments or do we continue using it and we just like know that like this woman is also trans like what do we do with her stuff i think, I think for me personally i would still include it but with like the annotation like the addition of these are like problematic views because i think that to erase to like remove people from like obviously we from our coursework or whatever obviously we still read a lot of very problematic people and I think it is not an issue to read problematic people as long as we are educated as to like their beliefs that might not align with ours because then we can like look at what they say see what is applicable and then see maybe where we can add more nuance to it I think that her work is monumental in a way that is easy for future scholars to build off of and make it more inclusive and more nuanced. Josh? Essentially, it was around the same thought. It's like, we can easily approach her materials while being mindful. Um, I mean, look at J.K. Rowling, still a pro known as a prolific modern contemporary writer. People still digest her materials. Um, Even though she has like what one series and then one other book, yeah. Um, I, I mean, let's call her out on that. But you know, <laughs> prolific my ass, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, people people have their downsides. People have their upsides. And 
people, everyone in history who has contributed to history, to culture, probably has some real ugly ass skeletons in the closet. And it's just important for us to educate people on both. In a lot of I mean, ways, it's important here. for self-reflection that we too carry an ugly with us that probably needs to be evaluated and worked on. I was literally and- about to say that. I was like, let's be problematic. All th- let's be real. All three of us are problematic. Oh, yeah. We are. Absolutely. It's like, I think that <sighs> cancel culture exists. I don't like the term cancel culture because I think it has a wrong connotation now in modern media. But I think we should eagerly seek to expose wrongness in other people and in ourselves if we are going to expose things that lack nuance or that are we believe as false beliefs in other people we must be ready to also expose ourselves to it absolutely i can call people out all day but I'm also not going to act like we are angels. I really didn't like her comment about people expect goodness, but we are not all angels. And I don't know anyone who expects perfect goodness from me because we all know that I am innately human. And not only am I innately human, unfortunately, I'm human and not a cybernetic werewolf. Oh my God. <laughs> not only that, <laughs> but also like I am a white presenting cisgendered could pass a straight woman and obviously we all can look at this and be like that bitch is probably problematic and you're probably right yeah mm-hmm. it goes back to everything's nuanced we have to respect the the perpetual phenomenon of nuance in both character, act, and material. I think the difference for me, what will set someone apart is the, not only the promise or the eagerness to like make changes, but the actual action afterwards of making changes to their character Mm -hmm. and to their beliefs, which I don't think Adiche will be doing about trans women because she stuck herself in the ground on this one. Yeah, she put her ostrich head into the hole. She said, "This is it. This is the hill I choose to die on." <laughs> Which oh, is fine. But... If you want to be a Nigerian, a Nigerian woman or a Nigerian person instead, who is from the trans community, you can just read a Kwake. If valid, that's it. Um, we can uplift those that she has, in a lot of ways, put down in this situation. There's yeah. actually, this is tangentially related, however the fuck you pronounce that word. This is kind of related. <laughs> um, tangentially, tangent, whatever. Um, Do you have an English degree? Fuck my English degree. <laughs> well, Aaron, you have an English de- degree too, and I didn't see you helping her out. I mean, helping them out either. <laughs> my thing with, um, first of all, I have an English degree. I'm still from the South. I can't say these big ass words. It's part of my culture. Oh my god. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's true. If my daddy can't pronounce it, I can't either. <laughs> but um shit, what was I saying? There's a lot of my a lot of my favorite authors are a Nigerian or Nigerian American. So I don't know what Nigeria is doing to just like produce all of these authors that are just like fantastic. Um 
obviously like other authors from other African countries are also stellar, wonderful. We should support them. But I notice a lot in my reading patterns. I read a lot of Nigerian authors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. They write uh, they don't Leslie chill out. A lot of the good speculative fiction and sci-fi I read are by Nigerian authors or people Nigerian American authors. Yeah. Well, people, we have to end this podcast. Um, but I just want to thank Leslie uh, from uh, for uh, coming and joining us for Pride Week. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was. we love you. <laughs> I love y'all too. <laughs> I was telling uh, Leslie Josh, I was like, we've been saying it's about damn time Leslie came to this podcast. We've been asking <laughs> them to come on for so long, for a long time. And we have literally I called like, out on this podcast, like Leslie, come on our podcast. <laughs> I like to live a life of seclusion. Honestly, uh, I feel that. Right. I only emerge for the select few, and it's y'all and Jalen. <laughs> um, and Jalen will also be on our podcast too for Pride Month, so stick around for that. We also have some other guests who are going to be coming for Pride Week. And just so everyone knows that um, we will not for the rest of the month in June. We will not be uploading like just like Monday only videos. The, the episode is just going to upload just randomly during Pride Month since we're not going to be recording once a week and they're going to be just like a different a bunch of different people so just expect a video when you just it just will pop up randomly and um just like um stds in the queer community oh oh no oh no (laughs) um follow our instagram at black group podcast and be sure to give us a rating and a review on apple podcast too and i'm not going to ask for any more guests to be on our show for pod because probably it's almost over and literally when i post that instagram story literally like 15 people ask so um yeah uh we said we are full we will see you next time yes full that's what i want to be this rest of the month Also, my Snapchat and my Instagram is at artistguy1. I'm still looking for a threesome. <laughs> oh my God. Y'all better, y'all better snatch me quick, folks. I might have somebody up my own tree. <laughs> I have a vow of celibacy right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in different stages of our lives. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye.